I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The Deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Ladies and gentlemen, What's up, everybody? This is Wildcat Radio 2.0. I'm Adam Green. He's Brett Barry. And Brett, we kind of thought it might happen last week, or we talked about it last week. We assumed it would be done this week, and it is. Arizona baseball has hired a replacement, a new coach to replace the departed for LSU, Jay Johnson. Chip Hale, the prodigal son, returns. Exactly who you were rooting for them to hire, right, Adam? <laughs> hey, we- we, I mean, I, I'll be fine. Like, we got, we talked about this last week. I wrote about it for AZ Desert Swarm. That was not the type of hire I wanted them to make. And it's not that I don't like Chip Hale. It's just that to me, I'll just put it out there. If he was not an Arizona alum, do you think anyone who likes his hire would have been like, yeah, Chip Hale? No. Like, there's nothing in his background that says that's a great get for Arizona baseball. Not even with the alum part, just his back, his background, his track record doesn't say he's the right guy. It just doesn't. Yeah, I I don't disagree, and this is the, you know, the 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 everybody wants the alumni crowd. It's got to be very excited about this. Um, the funny thing is, you said like if it wasn't for him being an alumni, would he even be a candidate for this job? Probably not, or at least no. not a serious one. Which. The the other another way of framing it that is kind of interesting is, um, would any other school consider Chip Hale for their head coaching position in college baseball? <laughs> right. I'm not sure that I'm not sure they would because he's relatively old. He's never been a head coach in college. He doesn't have any recruiting experience, um, which I think he addressed in the press conference today. We're recording on July seventh. Oh, right at the and beginning, think, he addressed that. Yeah, he knows it's an issue. Yeah, it, it was very clear to me that uh, he and Dave Hickey pay attention to what goes on in the media and on the boards and, and then people on Twitter talking about what they want and what candidates are missing and lacking because he, <laughs> he went out and said, yeah, I know what I don't know, and that's that's recruiting. It's like, that's what you want to hear from your head coach. I yeah, don't know yeah. recruiting. Well, I will say word of advice is find someone who loves you as much as Tucson Media Loves the idea of alumni coming over and taking over programs, coming back and oh taking over programs. God. Because, like, and we've talked about it before, when you hire the hometown hero, there's always that risk because what if they don't pan out? They're not all Adia Barnes. You know, sometimes they'll go a pro route, you get a Jeff Hornacek, and you have to fire the hero, the one that everyone loved. Like, that's rough. And I just, we don't know who all Arizona, I guess Wazikowski, they supposedly offered the job to him at Oregon. He has some Arizona background, but he's also been a head coach at Oregon, been very good. And then he just turned it down, got a raise from Oregon. Okay, 
we don't know where Chip Hale was on the list for Dave Hickey. You know, we heard some of the names. Chekets was out there as a name. Like, oh, that would be great. Well, I think the rumor was from Roger, like the guy Rogers on Twitter was that Arizona didn't think they'd wanted to pay him as much as it would have taken to pry him away from UCSB. So was Chip Hale the third choice, the fourth choice, the fifth choice? Like, how far did they go to get to Chip Hale? And, like, I'm not saying he's going to fail. Like, I respect that he can as like, yeah, there's things I don't know. I'm smart to know that, like what I don't know, and try to hire guys and surround himself with people who can fix that. Because if Chip Hale comes in as a smart baseball guy, and he knows baseball, right, and he does care about this program probably more than any coach they could have ever hired. Like, that's true. He's going to give it everything he has. But to your point, Brett, like you were saying, it's like you don't (laughs) – the fact that he comes in and says, yep, I don't know recruiting. I'm going to have to learn that and get guys to help me with that. It's like – this is Arizona baseball, and we talked about it last week. This thing I wrote for AZ Desert Swarm. You'd like to think, and maybe maybe we were wrong, but you'd like to think that Arizona baseball could get a more turnkey, ready-made coach than the one they just got. Yeah, it you know it, it fits like a smaller program. Like, oh, let's get the alumni guy to come back, and it's it's probably Chip Hale's last job before he retires right like he's not that if he if if he works five six years five maybe last 10 years and it's great it's his last job right um so for for the crowd that's also nervous about your coaches getting hired away which i have on the record of saying that i think that is a stupid thing to be afraid of um i know it it might happen you're left with chip hale as your replacement well that's (laughs) those are those are independent things (laughs) To be fair, uh, um, sidebar, also, Jay Johnson's salary is, like, literally more than double what we're giving Chip Hale, even right. with the buyout that Chip that we get from Jay Johnson. So it's like, everybody that's given Jay Johnson crap, it's like, okay, let me have somebody offer you double the salary and, you know, everything you want in a job and then turn them down because, you know... <laughs> you're just not going to. Nope. Um, but yeah, like you said, like the, the, the local media, there were some, there were some people that asked good questions. Michael Lev tried to ask a little bit of a, a more pointed question, but boy, there was uh you know, the one guy was like, you know, what would Jerry Kindle be looking down, you know, from the, <laughs> if he could call I, you today. I, I it get was, it. Like, these, oh, a lot of these guys man. covered Chip Hale. They like him, and he's, by all accounts, a really good guy. You know, like, this is the type, like, they don't, there is things to like about Chip Hale. Oh, There's sure. just, to me, not enough to like about Chip Hale, Arizona baseball coach. That's it. Well, they, and I'm not trying yeah. to pile on and talk crap about Tucson media because we've seen a lot of U of A fans, the same thing. They just love the idea of an alumni coming back and taking over programs. You know, it's like. And I, I, I asked Michael Lev this last week, and I kind of wonder if Dave Hickey saw this as a chance to, for the football people who are like, oh, you didn't hire a football alum. And for basketball, they didn't hire Damon Stoudemire, you know. But, hey, look, we got you an alum in baseball. There you go. Be happy with us. There's your alum, right? It almost seems like – because Chip Hale was not the best candidate out there. He just wasn't. Now, he might have been the best by the time all the other ones said no, but he certainly <laughs> should – if he was at the top of the list, then that was a bad list. Well, what, what uh, Oregon was got a he pulled an old uh, muscleman on us and used us to get a contract, a new contract and a raise. Right. Yeah. I think I think he was higher on the list. Uh, I personally would have would have been more intrigued at the Washington State head coach who hasn't been there very long. But he's, you know, 
was at New Mexico State, knows the general area, knows the Southwest, has been a head coach, seeming to have initial success. Yeah, it. if if what you're saying is even remotely true, where it's like give the media and the fan base their alum, boy, that's such a stupid reason to, to hire And, and I don't want to make it sound like that's what happened here. We, I don't know. This is, And I'm not even saying that's what I think happened here. But it's certainly how many people were upset when Jed Fish was hired. I mean, a lot of people were upset when Jed Fish was hired. But there were a lot of people just clamoring for an alum to take that job. Yeah. But for Arizona football, they had lost 12 straight games. You know, they just the programs at the bottom of the conference, if not all of Power 5, it made sense that they had to reach, go out of the box for someone. Basketball with Tommy Lloyd, who he was one of the most highly thought of assistant coaches in the game. Like, sure, he's a first-time head coach for Ari- and for Arizona basketball. Normally, that would not be okay, except for the fact that Arizona basketball is in an interesting spot still with possible sanctions and things coming down the pike. And again, Tommy Lloyd was about thought of as ready to be a head coach in college basketball as anybody out there. This is Arizona baseball. They're coming off a trip to Omaha. You know, it's a pretty loaded roster coming back. And I, I just, I, I hope to be wrong on this. I really do. Because, like I said, Chip Hale seems like a good guy. Arizona fans love him. Obviously, Arizona media is fond of him, too. And it might work out. You know, because he came into the press conference. I think he said the right things. He didn't come and say, oh, I'm going to recruit Gray. He's like, no, I have to learn. But his personality, his experience, assuming they know who to target, he might be able to go into living rooms and be like, yeah, I'm going to teach your son, you're going to teach your kid how to play baseball the right way and get to the major leagues because he's coached in the major leagues. So there are things to say, okay, this could work, but just I don't like could for Arizona baseball. I want this should work. This will work. Yeah, yeah. I mean – I. You're right. You're right. I watched the press conference. He says the right things, but it's like, you know, there's so many softballs. Are we sure this is a, a baseball press conference? Am I right? <laughs> um, you know, and I, I, I'm with you that I don't necessarily think it is doomed to be a failure because I do think Chip Hale knows baseball. He's going to. And another thing he was very obvious about was, look at me. I have all this major league experience. And mm-hmm. Dave Hickey was clearly highlighting that. And it's all true. And there's a reason why he's had a successful career as a coach in the and you know, working up through the majors. Like a long a career as a coach, especially. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so like the, he can lead, he, he clearly is going to based on the way they framed it in the, in the press conference that like, they're hoping that look at all the, I know the majors therefore and baseball, therefore that is my way of recruiting, which to some extent we've seen a success with that. And when you hear from some of the recruiting people that are talking about an uh, NFL with Jed fish, where he's playing that card real hard as well. Um, and it seems to be working there. You know, will that work in baseball quite as well? I don't know. And, and recruiting in baseball, like we've talked about in the past, is different than in football. They don't have full ride scholarships normally. Is it like eleven it, and a half scholarships or something like that to get? Yeah. Out? So there's a lot of there's a lot of partial scholarships. There's a lot of roster management. There's a lot of one of the things Jay Johnson was great at was convincing guys to not become a pro even after they got drafted even if they were at U of A, just like I can help you get more money next year. Mm -hmm. Right. Or if they're coming out of high school, like I will help get you, you know, be a top five round pick instead of round 20 pick. Right. Um, Maybe Chip Hale can do that. Maybe he can surround himself with the right people. Um, It's a, you know, the program is, is, is historically a great program, you know, if not the top tier, you know, not far behind that. Um, but, you know, it's 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 I think the right way to frame it is it's at best a curious hire. <laughs> right? right. 
um, we'll have a clearer sense, I think, you know, maybe he'll pull a Jed Fish and pull guys out of the transfer portal because right now it's like we have some talent on the roster, but, like, how much do we have and how many people are going to stick around and And, and what's going to plug those holes? That kind of leads me to my question here for you, Brett, is because when we talked about Jed Fish, he has a long honeymoon period. You know, the team is awful. If they win three games, four games, if it's four games, we get beer from Ronnie Stoffel. But, like, no one's expecting much out of Jed Fish in football, right? People are excited about the recruiting. They're excited about the buzz. They're excited about the coaching staff he put together. It's like, okay, it's going to take time, but they're heading in the right direction. The basketball with Tommy Lloyd, I think there's going to be pretty high expectations because the team was good last season. They brought a lot back. You know, he, just because he's missed on a couple of recruiting targets, people are getting antsy, you know, but there's expectations there and rightfully so for chip hale taking over this team again that was in omaha this past season <laughs> you know and yes they're gonna they've lost some players some to lsu some to the draft and some are in the transfer portal but what's going to constitute success for chip hale in year one because of course largely this is going to be jay johnson's roster you know it's not going to be guys that chip hale brought on board and so it's almost like if they don't get back to omaha that's a disappointment right which isn't fair it's hard to get that far but what do we need to see from chip hale in year one to feel like okay this could be this could be the right hire oh man that's a hard question to answer because i think i think he actually i think chip hale in the baseball program actually has the shortest grace period of the three big men's sports that you just mentioned yeah i think jed fish has a long runway uh he's built enough you know credibility and goodwill through sheer effort and like positive momentum in the off season and absolutely zero expectation. Like even the most optimistic fans are like, Hey man, four wins is huge. (laughs) Right. Um, as, and, and in basketball, I think that Tommy Lloyd can, I think the expectations will be high and the visibility is high, but I think there's still the lingering, you know, post John Miller question, uh, IARP that'll buy him some time. If, if Arizona doesn't compete for the Pac-12 title next year, like if they're like a sixth or seventh place team after they've had sustained success and we're just in, you know, Omaha, we're at, what, ranked number five nationally going into it and mm-hmm. still going to have significant talent returning. And if you're, you know, have enough talent and you're inherently a baseball guy, like a developer and strategist around talent, I actually think his grace period is the shortest. Like if he's not... I'm not saying he has to get to Omaha, but boy, if you're in like not even like top half of the Pac-12, like I, eh, this is where it gets awkward when you're like because like the whole benefit though from the least amount of visibility of the three main sports, I guess, is is the thing he's got going for him. But to me, you got to be finishing in the top half of the Pac-12, or that's where people are going to start grumbling quickly. And, and that kind of makes me think of what. When you hire the hometown hero, he's supposed to have that leeway, that latitude. But in this case, you don't have that whole, well, he has a track record of success. You can't say, okay, they're struggling now, but this guy knows how to bring in talent, knows how to develop talent. Give him a year or two, he'll be fine. You know, there's, that doesn't exist with Chip Hale. And not to say he has a success like of being a bad coach either. You know, he hasn't failed as a college baseball coach. And... Like I said earlier, and he kind of mentioned it, like this, he said, is a dream job. Now, every coach who's taken this job, I think, said it's their dream job. But with Chip Hale's case, I'm pretty sure you can believe that. 
you know, this is his destination. I think he was asking at a press conference if he'd ever kind of looked at this job before. It's come open before. And he's like, well, the last time he was coaching in Major League Baseball. Like, he was a Major League Baseball manager. So wasn't really looking to leave that to come coach U of A. But that he's always wanted to have this job. And I believe that. I do. And I have no doubt if he fails, it's not going to be due to a lack of effort. You know, but just I wish I could look at this hire and say, I am confident this will be successful. And successful isn't necessarily being in Omaha every year. But, like, Jay Johnson got there twice in six years, right? You know, they would have made the tournament last year probably if there was one. They missed it a couple of times. So he wasn't amazing. But you look at that run and say, okay, that is fine. Like, I will take that for Arizona baseball. So for Chip Hale, it doesn't have to be the best in the Pac-12 winning the conference year after year because that was it they won it this year for the first time in, like, 30 years outright. So it's – the expectations aren't, like, that astronomical. It's just, like – maintain what they've had and like chip hale said all the right things he did you know he didn't lose the press conference but the right things he said were all like you said like they weren't also they weren't particularly inspiring other than yeah we want to root for you we want you to work out here because you're chip hale you love this place please do a good job (laughs) the only thing that jumped out at me is maybe maybe could be interpreted as not the right thing he said early on i think he said i you know, thinking his family is like, I'm going to be coming home every night. And he was really excited about that. And it's like, again, if you're trying to recruit, you probably aren't going to be coming home every night. Um, Cause the guy owns a house in Tucson. And I, you know, I think that's one of the reasons you like to be the Arizona Diamondbacks manager. It's still in Arizona, close to home. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, that's a, you know, it can be a great thing, but like, I, we'll see, I guess, you know, I think, I think if you get into the season, and, uh, you know, Chip Hale made a comment that, like, you know, we're going to do the little things right, kind of like the general platitudes, like we're not, you know, we're going to field the ball well. And I know, like, error statistics, Arizona ba- baseball was, for as great as they were, I think they were lower half of college baseball. Yeah, they weren't great. Errors. Yeah. Um, which, but also, like, when you say stuff like that and you're the, the baseball guy, you have this, you know, old school attention to detail, you're talking about going to be defense – if they don't show improvement on defense, like, are you like, you know, or any like, you know, basic, he's been a third base coach for so long. If he goes out there and coaches third base and he keeps running into outs or something like that, he's going to have no, like if you hang your hat entirely on doing the little things, right. Um, if you don't have that happen, which it might be a different thing when you're dealing with 19, 20, 21 year old kids than professional athletes in terms of getting consistent things out of, and it might take some time to figure that out for chip Hale. I mean, maybe he'll do it incredibly well. We just don't know. It's an unknown quantity, but yeah, it's an un. I think for people like you and you and me, I think share the general perspective that it seems like an uninspiring hire for a position that, like, I think I've compared to. I think it's actually on the same level as Arizona basketball in terms of like the quality of a destination job. And I mean, there was no baggage kind of, for baseball. Yeah, and this kind of just reeks of me of like, you know people that were clamoring for Damon Stoudemire to be the head coach, except for Damon Stoudemire was at least a head coach at a college program. Yeah, not anymore. <laughs> we could talk about that later on the show, but, no. but that's the thing. You know, at least Stoudemire had somewhat of a track record. I guess what you're saying, like, you know, if Chip Hale comes in and says he's going to be the defensive coach and if they struggle there, it's like, well, what do you have to hang your hat on? It's like Jay Johnson, you, they were going to be able to hit. Yeah. yeah. You know, if they had hired Nate Yeske, you're like, okay, at least they'd be able to pitch, right? Like what is Chip Hale's strength? As a manager, as a coach, we don't know. You know, like there's nothing you can say. If nothing else, they'll be good at this, and I like having that. It's like, 
was it with with Sean Miller? It used to be you knew they're going to play defense. You know, even if they couldn't shoot the ball straight, they're going to lock you down. Which that weaned you know a little bit towards the end. Like that was not always the best. But there were certain things that, as a coach, you could say, "Okay, this is what they're good at." If nothing else, and baseball's not that complicated. You hit, you pitch, you field. You know, <laughs> like that's it. And there's not one thing you'd say Chip Hale is a master at that he's an expert at. You know, is it motivating players? I maybe, but and I will say this too: is that of all the sports that are out there, baseball is the most individual. You know, where if you just have the best players, one through nine, you're probably going to win more often than not, which is where recruiting comes in. You know, like baseball's not that hard to manage. And there are some people who thought maybe Jay Johnson overmanaged at times, getting a little little uh, aggressive in certain areas. Like it's baseball. Batter against the pitcher. If the batter's good, get a hit. And you keep going through the lineup like that. And the same likewise pitching. If your pitching is good, you'll mow through the batting order on the other side. So it's not like Chip Hale has to be a master tactician and teaching guys fundamentals, teaching them how to improve. Like that could be enough, but you need good players. And that's where it goes back to the recruiting. Like, can he do it? Will this coach have you already retained Dave Lawn to be the pitching coach? Um, like, can they bring in talent? Jay Johnson, you said earlier, brought in talent, was able to bring in guys who were drafted. And they're like, yeah, we're going to go to college. And fortunately, not everyone entered the transfer portal. <laughs> like, that was good. But that's what it's really going to come down to is can Chip Hale recruit to Arizona, at least at the level that they have been. And if he can, then it'll probably work out. But I do wonder where his Major League experience, like no one who's growing up now knows Chip Hale played in Major League Baseball. A lot of them probably don't even know he managed the Diamondbacks, you know, seven years ago, whatever it was. Like, they weren't great. You know, he was a third yeah. base coach for Detroit. Cool. You know, he was the bench coach for Washington when they won the World Series. I don't imagine most people know that. So just when he walks into a living room, they're like, yeah, I'm Chip Hale. I played baseball. You did? Like, I'm, and I'm not trying to, to knock him, but, like, just that idea of, like, he has that experience. Does, does he have the clout that comes with that experience? And I just don't – like, we'll find out. We'll find out in the recruiting. By the way, you reminded me of my favorite Dave Hickey quote from the press conference when he was building up Chip Hale's resume, which is a good, a good resume, but he framed it as – and he reached the pinnacle of coaching in baseball – by winning and playing a prominent role as a coach on the national, the world champion nationals. It's like, he wasn't even, the, it's the bench coach, which is yes, an important role, but it's like, I don't and know. He's if got a world series could, ring. You know, I don't know if you say that the, it's the pinnacle of coaching to uh, be an assistant coach on a championship pro team. <laughs> yeah. It was just, it was, I was uneasy when their tweet announcing chip pale. The first thing I said was like wildcat legend. I'm like, that's not the first thing that makes you qualified to be the head coach. Like that should be like, you know, world champion, this record somewhere, wildcat legend, Chip Hale. But, like, that's not what they did. Like, the biggest selling point for Chip Hale was the fact that he's a wildcat legend. Like, that's it. That is the number one selling point for him in this job. Doesn't mean he won't end up being successful, but just it is a big risk for a program that should not have had to take one. Yeah. To to, to end this with an optimistic spin, Adam. Please, I'm sorry, everyone. The wildcat, this is how I feel. The wildcat the wildcat legend and resident of Tucson who has been all around the country maybe has some perspective to be able to convince people why coming to Tucson and playing for Arizona is a good, you know, a good choice, even for those that want, you know, for those that want to go and play at the next level. And he can just point to that and Hey, yeah, you can go to, you know, Eugene and if you like all the, the nice mountains and forests in Tucson, it doesn't necessarily quite have that at the same level, but 
I I was living here even when I was traveling the country, and it's a reason I picked that. And I don't know. I'm trying to convince myself why it's going to work, Adam. Hey, I I hope you're right. I hope your convincing is good enough, and I hope Chip Hale proves me wrong because we're all rooting for Arizona baseball, regardless of who's coaching them. So, but I talked about some guys, maybe convince them to stay over on the football field. There's some guys coming, some guys going. We're going to talk about it after the break. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back. It's Wildcat Radio 2.0. And as we talked about before the break, Arizona football, there's been some movement, Brett. There's been some comings, some goings. Where do you want to start? Let's start with, let's get the bad news out of the way first. All right. The bad news is some of the most recent news. Derek Morning, who was a freshman last season, played a little bit. One of the more promising linebackers has entered the transfer portal, and it's the timing is odd because by the time he did it, chances are he's going to have to sit out a season, whereas he would have entered the portal, I don't know, like a week ago or something. He could have been eligible to play this upcoming season. A guy who was figured to have a role on this defense decided he wants no part of it. Yeah, and Derek Morning is one of those guys that was relatively low-ranked recruit, but everybody kind of could see the potential there, and he got to, he showed flashes uh, playing last season. Um, kind of forced into duty with our linebacker situation, if if you can call it a linebacker situation. A linebacker, named, but, singular, yeah. Yeah, singular. Um, you know, so and the, I think you're right to point out that the timing is a little bit peculiar unless he has some ability to try to get a waiver um, because he missed the deadline for the transfer portal, which maybe indicates there's something going on, not just like... Not football-related. Yeah, or yeah, or just not. It's not like oh, I don't like that. There's these new guys coming in, and I'm worried they're going to take playing time from me. Maybe that's a part of it. I I don't know. And you know, there's a realistic chance he maybe comes back. We've seen that. How many guys on the football team have have come back? And I think there's guys. There's still like a thousand guys in the transfer portal portal, and there's no scholarships when people can can <laughs> well, go anywhere else. right now because he's not going to be. He wouldn't be counting for anyone for this season. So no one would be. He'd be. He'd be redshirting. I would assume, wherever if he was to leave. But it's, it well, seems weird. You still have to. You still have to occupy in a the twenty-five minute yeah. classes. Um, unless he goes and walks on somewhere. Um, so, but but even then, like then I even if you walked on, I think you're still not eligible <laughs> because you'd have to redshirt. So it's it's a bit peculiar. It's obviously not great news to to hear. But I think unlike if if this had happened last year going into the season, we'd be like, okay, I think you and I are starting <laughs> linebackers because there's literally nobody there. Yeah, you know. You know, Anthony Pandy's coming back. Isaiah Johnson is still there. Jerry Roberts, Kenny Abear coming in. Malik Reed. 
there's some intriguing freshmen that you probably don't want to have to rely on, but you know, between between guys like DJ Fryer, Mojo Weirds, Jabbar Triplett coming back from a torn Achilles, like yeah, there's enough Freeberg who played some last season. Yeah, there's, there's yeah. You know, there's enough numbers there that you can probably absorb the loss if he if he does end up leaving permanently and not just or you know, assuming he doesn't come back to Arizona out of the portal. But it's still a loss and you you know how I feel about depth in college football and it seems like we can we can never quite get it. <laughs> yeah. Well it's just to me the timing and if it is un- not football related, hopefully whatever it is, he gets he's happy with his decision. You know, rooting hoping for the best for the kid. You know, he played hard last season. He played fairly well. There's a reason why we're kind of bummed to see him go, and it's because he looked like he was going to be a contributor this season, or if not yeah. this season, going forward. But whatever his reasons are for leaving, like it doesn't seem like he didn't like his role because he would have known that a long time ago if he didn't like his role, if he didn't like his spot on the depth chart. And it's hard to imagine. I don't even think the coaches have really been doing much with him, so it's hard to imagine that he's like upset about the new coaching staff now. So it's without speculating as what it is, just hopefully things work out for Derek Morning because – you know, no reason to wish ill upon him or anything like that just because he's leaving. But that's the bad news out of the way. Talk about the good news with Arizona football. Got a couple of commitments recently. Uh, three-star defensive end Russell Davis II, a local kid. He committed to Arizona. And also wide receiver, this one was kind of anticipated, A.J. Jones, who had decommitted from UCLA, pledged to Arizona um, over the weekend. So that's a couple of players who, you know, they're three-star kind of talents, but they look like they're the high three-stars. And the level of recruit, like rank wise, you're like, okay, this is this is a step up from what Arizona had been doing under Kevin Sumlin. Yeah, um, I'll I'll start with uh, I think I think he goes by Deuce Davis because he's Russell Davis the second. I think he goes by Deuce, right? Yeah, Deuce as his friends call him. So I probably shouldn't call him that because I've never met the kid. Yeah, well. um, but you know, another important thing about him not just being you know an intriguing you know defensive end type talent, defensive end outside linebacker. Another kid from Hamilton and Chandler, again, fish and crew, not just going and pulling talent from the Phoenix area, but from the powerhouse programs. Uh, I think I think Grayson Stovall, the lineman, is also from Hamilton. Um, If you start building, you know, pipelines to places like Hamilton and Saguaro and some of these other big, you know, you know, Horizon, some of those some of those bigger, bigger those programs. That will pay off uh, beyond this year, um, and he and Davis seems like a, a an intriguing talent in and of himself. Um, but boy, it, it does nothing to hurt with uh, you know t- recruiting guys from that school or even from like the Southeast Valley. There's a lot of talent in Chandler, Gilbert, Queen Creek, etc. Um, so that's you know I I don't I think he's probably a little. Uh, on the light side to come in and play right away. Six three two fifteen is what he's listed at right now. Yeah, I mean, you probably want somebody playing an edge position more like, you know, 20, 30 pounds heavier than that, and maybe he'll get there, but... Yeah, he's like an yeah. inch and a half taller than I am and 10 pounds lighter. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that just doesn't scream edge rusher, that's what I'm saying. But he, He's yeah. got room to add some bulk, yeah. Exactly, but, you know, he seems like a guy that has a lot of upside... Um, it'll be interesting to watch his development. Um, and then AJ Jones, you know, it's how often are we swiping, uh, commitments from, from UCLA and receivers that are six, four, it's been a little while, um, for that. Like, you know, he might even be big enough where he grows into being a, uh, you know, kind of a flex between a big receiver or a tight end. Right. Certainly you seem like a good red zone target. 
Yeah, the uh, r- the Rich Rod OKG, he does not appear to be. <laughs> no. Um, and also with AJ Jones, I think according to 247 Sports, he's now the third highest rated. They have him at number 680 nationally. Arizona now is, you know, if you're in the top 1,000 for those, like the difference between like a high and low three star, those those are the kind of guys you're, that you're bread and butter if you're Arizona to really build out a roster. Um, and they have, gosh, they have probably have seven or eight of them now. Um, he's another one up there. Uh, 247 has them behind. Uh, Jonah Coleman and Kyron Chambers as their third highest ahead of uh, Noah Fafita, the quarterback. And AJ uh, Jones appears to be, you know, he, they were all at the, there's a big recruiting event, uh, I think, last weekend. Uh, and Fafita was t- basically, there's a lot of evidence that shows that they were kind of working him and AJ Jones along with the other Servite clan. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the 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 three the three amigos of Juice County fame. Um, and so also AJ Jones appears to have kind of a relationship with that whole crew, which probably doesn't hurt with some of the positive momentum Arizona has been getting with those guys. Well, no, you mentioned that. Who is it? Keon Burnett, who has kind of a legacy Arizona guy, but had been committed to USC. He visited a few weeks ago with the Servite guys with Fafita and uh, the receiver McMillan. Well, Burnett, who was pretty a few weeks ago, he was all about USC. And now apparently he has decommitted from USC. And a lot of people are thinking, that means he is considering, if not planning, on attending the University of Arizona. And it does make you wonder if they got Fafita, the quarterback, which they do have. He's committed to Arizona. And they can get Burnett. Then there's one more from the Juice County trio who you'd think the chances of getting him go up. <laughs> like, and if that's the case, like we had the mailbag a couple weeks ago, right? And it's like talking about the recruiting and football turning these things around. If they could get the three of the Juice County guys, you know, highly rated, especially two of them are four stars. One of them is like the receivers, one of the best in the country. Like those are the type of commitments that if you get them in Jed Fish's first full recruiting class, that's how you can start to build something more special. You know, getting those high three-star guys is great. You add a few four-star guys, you pull them from USC. You pull them from Oregon and USC. You know, you, you out-recruit those guys that sends a message that could reverberate through the rest of the West coast. Well, and if, 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 uh, you know, you talk about all these high three star and four star guys, Fafita himself, if he was like three or four inches taller, there's no way he's not a four star recruit. Right. At least no, he, he can play, right. he can spin it. Yeah. And I, I don't know if you watched any of the clips. He's got, he's got some pretty serious arm strength for a relatively compact frame. Yeah. Um, and he clearly has a rapport with, uh, both Burnett and McMillan. I mean, McMillan, the, the four-star borderline five-star receiver uh, is uh, is you know doing interviews saying that Pafita is his best friend and he thinks he's the best quarterback in the country and it's like that well that augurs well for Arizona's chances yeah um, but yeah it's boy if if you're if you not to get ahead of ourselves but boy if you have Jonah Coleman who's the highest-rated recruit as a running back Pafita McMillan Burnett AJ Jones like. You know, Jed Fish is an offensive guy. You can, you can tell he's uh, what they're buying, what he's selling, or at least they're intrigued by what he's selling and what they can do with an offense. Yeah. Also, Fafita, if they're going to run, if they're going to run a, um, a a Rams type offense, I can see Fafita being fantastic in that. Where there's a lot of like bootleg rollouts where the size is not as much of an issue. And size but, doesn't have to be an issue. We've seen it with other quarterbacks. You look up sure. the road. The Arizona Cardinals have a short quarterback, and I'm saying Fafita is going to be a Heisman Trophy winner, number one pick in the draft, but 
size doesn't have to be an issue. Court, certain quarterbacks have a skill set and the ability to be effective despite not being 6'4". Like, it is possible. It helps when you have receivers who are, in fact, 6'4". Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> um, and also, you know, talking about McMillan, just one thing that would be – I don't know if people realize how serious it would be of a deal it would be for Arizona to get him. I was looking at 247's top all-time recruits. Granted, it doesn't necessarily go back to, you know, it goes back, what, 20 years maybe. Um, he would be the second highest all-time uh, commitment to Arizona. <laughs> yeah. You know, ahead of where Rob Gronkowski was coming out of. <laughs> and that Gronk guy turned out okay. Yeah, I think he was like the like four all-time on their, their current list. And but, it's like, it'd be up there. It's up there with like Mike Bell and and uh, who's the corner that was I think the highest rated. And then there's still obviously until these guys commit to Arizona, they're not Arizona Wildcats. Until they commit, not even then, until they commit and then sign and then get to campus, they're not Arizona Wildcats. But that narrative game that you hate so much, but it's basically all Jed Fish can win right now. If he is to pull him, even just to, I mean, AJ Jones, like you mentioned before, like how often does Arizona get a UCLA commit to flip? You know, if Burnett flips. That's a, he was at USC. He's a California kid. He was a U, and USC. Obviously, is USC. That says something. And of course, if McMillan, they can pull him, and it helps to have their quarterback. Sure, but they had to convince Fafita too. <laughs> like this is a brand new coaching staff who had to convince these guys who had offers to go to other places to come to Arizona for a brand new coaching staff because they believe in what Jed Fish and that staff is selling. Like they're absolutely all about it. So, it's we'll see. But there's certainly a lot to be like all of a sudden, like the recruiting has been good. You know, it's only been it's been elevated from what it had been the last few seasons. But if they can kind of close on some of these big fish, you know, no pun intended, but like they're out there. And if they can catch some of them, ooh, that changes the that changes the entire perception. It's like you look at A.J. Jones. OK, he's got some potential. If they get McMillan, you're like, oh, that guy, that guy's a like bona fide stud walking on day one. Now, granted, Booby Curry was a similarly highly rated recruit. He hasn't quite panned out yet. But I know McMillan's higher rated, but four-star guys. Yeah, but like, so just because they have the rankings doesn't mean they're guaranteed to be studs. But you feel pretty good about Burnett, his size. You'd feel good about McMillan, his size, and their speed combinations. Like, it just, it looks really good if they can do that. You know, because it's the type of energy, it's the type of momentum that the program hasn't been able to generate recruiting-wise in a long time. Well, I think you hit on it right there at the end, Adam. Like in mo in recruiting, momentum is a real thing, <laughs> and like all the all the words out of the was it the opening? I think is the event that was last weekend in California where these guys all were, and like all reports are that there's like, they're, like they're getting national attention of like Arizona's like a legit player in these things, and all the all these players know each other. They're in the seven seven on seven leagues, not just the guys that go to the same high school. They're they're. they're they're all talking at these events. They're all talking at seven, seven, seven on seven tournaments, or maybe on the same teams. Mm -hmm. They, you know, they're they're all working each other in terms of, uh, you know, where they where they think they want to go and what's you know what's driving them. And you know, boy, like the Fafita family in general, uh, no, he's 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 they're they're doing work, um, and he may end up being the most critical recruit of the Jedfish era, no matter what happens in the future, because he might be the linchpin to kind of opening the doors to a lot of these guys and building that momentum. And then when you have that momentum, if you can sustain it, you can actually build on it. And then it makes everything easier going forward for a team that hasn't won in two years. 
Yeah, we'll see. But there is a lot to be excited about there. Not only what they have accomplished so far, but also what could potentially be on the horizon. Not that we're just hopeful, but there's legitimate reason to think that things could take another step forward for football recruiting. But, Brett, we got one more segment here coming up. Let's take a break, and when we come back, Arizona men's basketball, they're not playing games, but some of their players are still looking good. We'll talk about it. Welcome back. And, Brett, like we talked about, Arizona basketball, there's no Arizona basketball games happening. You know, there won't be for another few months. But Arizona does have some players in the FIBA U19 World Cup, and it's kind of fun tracking what they're doing. You know, Umar Balo, for instance, he hasn't been bad. Had 16 points, 13 rebounds, four steals, and three blocks. You know, for Molly. Molly. Yeah, Yeah. Molly. And, like, he's a large man. We've been able to see that. (laughs) Like, is he going to be a guy that Arizona particularly relies on this upcoming season? We'll see. He's a project. But you can see the tools. You can see the, the reason for, like, okay, if he develops, he could be a really helpful player for this team. Yeah, I mean, he's been. I, I have the Izzy Desert Swarm up, uh, where Ballo has been averaging just under 29 minutes a game, getting 10 points per game and eight rebounds per game, along with 2.8 blocks and 2.5 assists. That, that's if you get that out of out of him as a starting center and a big body in the middle of the court with the talent they have around him, that's a that's a win. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, and maybe he can even develop to do something further. Uh, but it's it's definitely a positive sign for you know he's still a little bit of a raw unknown so maybe maybe you're seeing some of that rawness translate into some real potential in 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 playing on the world stage that's probably not that much of a step down from you know non-con college basketball teams mm-hmm. um, you know it's 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 real competition out there yeah and of course Azulis Tubelis who we know is really good. We saw him last year as a freshman for Arizona. He's playing for Lithuania. He's averaging only 24 minutes a game, averaging 17.7 rebounds, 2.5 assists, 2.3 steals, more than a block. Uh, he has looked every bit. I, he, I saw a highlight of his where he did like a windmill dunk on a fast break. I'm like, ooh, look at that athleticism. <laughs> That's a guy who it's hard not to have super high expectations going into next season. Not like because what he did as a freshman, but what we're seeing, like he looks like a guy who's going to take that jump from his freshman to his sophomore season. Yeah, I mean, I would even argue that he made the jump in trust freshman season where he was a different player by the Fair. end of the season, right? Um, and we didn't get to see what he did in the postseason because of the self-imposed ban. Um, but it's, you know, it's still a good sign that he seems to be taking that and that kind of slope of that progression and continuing it. Um, so I I think we're more likely to see the latter half of the of the of, of the season to Bellis and maybe even a more consistent version of that. Mm-hmm next year and maybe that's maybe that's the leap for him is just the consistency because he had still had times where he would appear to disappear um a little bit um and maybe that's where where the the biggest leap comes from but so far all signs are good through the through the tournament yeah and same thing for ben matherin averaging nearly 50 like 15 points four rebounds two assists shooting 45.5 percent from the field 38 percent from three you know he's another one of those guys where arizona it's they're glad he came back <laughs> you know like and you're hoping that he takes that that jump too because he has clear NBA potential. And if he gets closer to reaching it as an Arizona Wildcat, this team becomes exponentially more dangerous. And not that we're watching these games. I don't think you've been watching the FIBA U19 games. But just to see what Arizona's players are doing, some of the guys who not Balo, for instance, but like especially Tubelis and Matherin, these are players that are going to be starters for Arizona. They're going to be relied on in Tommy Lloyd's offense in his first year. And if 
the whole theory is that if they take that jump from freshman to sophomore year, how much better will they be? And showing it in the U19, that doesn't mean they're going to do it in college basketball. But it provides a little more evidence that, hey, these guys could. Like, they're on the way to being those types of players. And if they do make good in that potential, they do take that step forward, this team could be a lot better than people are thinking. Yeah, I mean, no two players are going to dictate both the floor and the ceiling for next year's Wildcats more than Tubelis and Matherin, and it's not particularly yeah. close. I think the next highest is maybe, like, Kirk Carissa, and Dale yeah, and Terry. So, yeah. um, but, like, th- these two guys, the guys that have the, the star potential and the people that can really be a difference maker. Um, so if if they if they keep on this trend line, that's, that's going to be what tells us where the season's going to go. And then everything else will be like, let's hope we get, you know, we're not going to see Dale and Terry uh, in in the U19 FIBA tournament, which I would actually be really intrigued because I think he could be a guy that makes a big, a bigger leap. But I think he's leaping from a, he wasn't on Ben Matherin's level or Tabellis's level last year. Um, and even Kirk Carissa to some extent, I think, I mean, and he had limited games, but Tabellis and Matherin are the guys that you need to be, you need them to play like stars and consistently play like stars for the next yeah. year's team to reach its potential. And if they do, next year's team is going to be really good. Speaking of, before we wrap up here, reaching potential, DeAndre Ayton with the Suns. Oh, boy. Like, game one of the NBA Finals. We're recording this on Wednesday the 7th. Game two will happen on Thursday the 8th. So who knows what will happen there. But DeAndre Ayton, his first game, 22 points. Credited for 19 rebounds only because Chris Paul stole the 20th rebound from him at the very end of the game. But just, it's so much fun to watch him play like this. You know, because we saw it as a Wildcat, and of course his postseason run was brief but you just knew this guy could be a star and his first few years his first couple years in the nba he showed flashes he should be putting it all together here in these playoffs and what a i don't want to say coming out party but he's certainly showing a lot of people who had doubts about whether he was worthy of the number one pick or if he could be a big man in the modern nba and be successful like yeah he, he can do all that stuff and more but what if he dunked more, Adam? Yeah, he d- that's the question. Does he dunk enough for people to be satisfied? I don't know. But like, you see some <laughs> of the stuff he does. Like I was watching the game one. I was talking to my wife. It's like there was someone who's like, wow, maybe he could have dunked that. But also the dexterity it takes to have some of these layups through traffic where, yeah, some players will just try to dunk on everybody. That's fine. But some of the stuff Aiden does on the floor, not many people his size can do just around the basket. His efficiency around the hoop is just unparalleled. Well, I, I always thought that he had a – Granted, he was a freak and a dominant player in college basketball, but I always thought his game and nature and demeanor were more suited for the NBA. Um, he's turned out to be a pretty versatile and effective defender beyond, I think, even our Homer fan perspective, mm-hmm. especially in the modern NBA game where you need to be able to guard guys on the perimeter and down low and alter shots and not foul. But even in you know things that were maddening, when he, when he was playing in Arizona, it's like, he needs to not pass the ball out of the post when he's got the ball low because there's nobody on the perimeter that's going to shoot a three that is better than him <laughs> trying to muscle his way up. Yeah. But in the NBA, when you're surrounded by talent, sometimes giving up the high difficulty shot that's still maybe a decent percentage, you know, passing out to Cam Johnson to shoot 50% from threes is the right decision, you know, and it, it's it's. It, it's where his unselfishness and he has always had a relatively high basketball IQ in the sense of if he was surrounded by that talent, it optimizes his approach and mentality and unselfishness. Whereas when he was playing Arizona, it's like, (laughs) Oh my goodness, stop passing the ball. You're better than everyone. Just dunk it on them. 
Fair, fair. So but it's been a lot of fun to watch. I know Sean Miller, former Arizona men's basketball coach, was in attendance for game one as a guest of DeAndre Ains to watch that. So he's got to be pretty proud of his guy. You know, but I think all Arizona fans are really excited to see what's happening because even the ASU fans are like, DeAndre Ayton's a beast. He's great. This is cool. So, can, you know, can somebody Can somebody pull up all, you know, we, <laughs> we crapped all over Tucson media as a, with a broad brush with, with a few exceptions uh, with the, 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 the press conference today. Can we, can we crap on the Phoenix ones and call out all of their like trade Aiden? He's a bust pick, like oh, hot boy. takes from the last three years i'm looking at you dan bickley oh i i don't even know all the takes i know there were a lot of bad ones and yes people wanted more from deandre but while wanting more there was also a way to acknowledge what he was providing than how it wasn't bad at all like it was actually quite good the levels of efficiency and what he was doing double doubles on the reg you know like yes you want it it's like the people when amari stoudemire was in his prime averaging like 29 like 28 points and nine rebounds like 9.5 rebounds like why can't he average 10 rebounds a game it's like really like that that's that's the hill you're gonna die on, that half a rebound per game. Or even if it was like nine, it was had one rebound per game. But yeah, forget the other stuff he's doing. If he had one more rebound per game, he'd be good. Like it's just silly. You know, but that's the expectation that come up being a number one pick and Aiden was the first one that Arizona had ever produced. And it's very exciting to see him progress and become a type of player that everyone's looking at as a star. Because even I will say like, the Sean Miller era produced a lot of draft picks, a lot of lottery picks. Very few have reached that potential you know, and been stars at the next level. And DeAndre Aiden is, he's doing it. And he's still got more room to grow. That's the thing. He's, what, 22? Like, he's going to get even better. (laughs) I was going to say, you know, maybe it was uh, premature to label him a bust when he was 20 years old. And (laughs) just imagine what happens when he turns 23. Ooh, maybe one more rebound per game. You know, like, the age when some of the big men of, years you know in the past like Shaq was at LSU for three years <laughs> you know when he was he, he's basically DeAndre Hayton's age now or <laughs> when he was a rookie that DeAndre Hayton is now yeah uh, you know David Robinson was in the Navy and like <laughs> was an older like he wasn't you know some 19 year old kid right um but it's it's really great to see him doing well and it also, I've already heard some of the hot takes or, or questions of like, is DeAndre Ayton going to be the greatest Arizona alum in the NBA ever by the time it's all said and done? Possibly. You know, Arizona's had a lot of really good players in the NBA, but, you know, even like the best Arizona players like Sean Elliott wasn't a superstar in the NBA. You know, I mean, there's, of course, TJ McConnell's career is not done yet, so there's room for him to take that mantle. But, I would imagine that by the time the pro careers are done, DeAndre, I mean, Steve Kerr has a lot of titles, but no one would accuse him of being the best player to come out of Arizona in the NBA, right? So DeAndre Ayan seems like he has the best the best chance to be the guy you say, like, not to make, like, ASU has James Harden, right? Like, he's a star in the NBA. Well, yeah, he, well he's a star that's, how many uh, championships has he won? Well, how many right. conference? How many conference championships has he won? <laughs> but the, the point is, like James Harden's been an outstanding NBA player. Trying to think of the last Arizona guy who was an outstanding NBA player, and I don't just mean like solid. Like Aaron Gordon's been solid, you know. But I, I would, Solomon I would had a nice argue, career, but he's not a star. I would, I would argue, and this is also, I think. An un, because he is underrated to a large extent, but I think he also has received more acclaim as his career went along. Andre Iguodala might be, to date, the most successful NBA player yeah. in terms of 
not just performance. He had some years where he played, you know, his stats were superstar stats, but he also played major roles and was a damn winner. And yeah. there's, and on top, and part of that's like, you know, some of the best defense on ball you're ever going to see versatility, you know, maybe the most underrated Arizona wildcat of all time in the yeah. NBA, in my opinion. But no one's going to look at Andre Iguodala and say, that guy's one of the best players in NBA history. And not to say but, DeAndre Ayn will get there, but Aiden but has did, a chance. But did Iguodala dunk enough, Adam? Did he dunk <laughs> enough? <laughs> oh, God. I know. You and narratives. That was the narrative that always bothered me. Like, DeAndre Ayn, 24 and 10. Yeah, but if he would have dunked that one more time, like, the ball went in the hoop. The, the goal of the game is to put the ball in the basket. He did that. Like, what is what is our issue here? That he didn't do it the way you wanted him to? Wow. They, they want they want him to not just catch the lob and lay it in. They want him to catch it, grab under the rim, swing from it, hover over the defender and flex on him. Yeah. And pretend like the game doesn't keep going on and then he misses some play on defense. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe next year. By year four, maybe Ann will add that to his repertoire. But whatever, regardless... <laughs> You know, he, him and the Suns have a chance to win an NBA championship. I know Aiden's like the fastest number one pick to reach the NBA finals, like, ever. So, and it's not just DeAndre. Bust. It's not just DeAndre Aiden, but he's a big part of what the Suns are doing, and no one is arguing that now. So, good luck to him. Hopefully him and the Suns can bring home the Larry O'Brien trophy because that would be, that would just be swell. But otherwise, I appreciate you listening to Wildcat Radio 2.0. Of course, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, all those places you get podcasts. Make sure you subscribe to the Wildcat Radio 2.0. Make sure you rate us. You know, leave a review. We appreciate that. Follow us on Twitter at Wildcat Radio AZ. We'll probably send out a mailbag sometime soon. Of course, we have a lot of other content planned as the offseasons commence because I, I'd like to think Arizona's done with coaching searches for a while. Like, knock on wood. I don't know if I just jinxed it or not, but assuming there's no more coaching searches to worry about, we're going to come up with some other things, you know, look at some position groups for football and other off-season type stuff. But, you know, it's Arizona Athletics. We, I don't know if we fear what's around the corner, but we know something could always happen. I mean, I, you'd think we'd be out of coaching changes unless we've literally, like, lapped ourselves and somebody we hired before they even coach a game <laughs> leaves or gets fired. Yeah, so hopefully that doesn't happen. But if it does, we'll certainly talk about it. But in whatever does happen, you know, we'll catch up with you next week. And until then, remember to bear down. Bear down.